Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 474, air date October 23rd, 2019. Hello everyone, this is Dr. Shiva Ayodure. Many of you I know were extremely excited and pleased with the video that I did on the Paris uh, Accords and really showing that system or that web of uh, interconnecting systems showing how it was good that Donald Trump got out of it. And I took a very objective approach there. And since that time, many of you asked me to do other kinds of videos like that. Um, because we are in the center of education here in Massachusetts, a lot of people come here for college, a lot of students uh, want to understand uh, what their future is. I thought it would be really good to do a, uh, a nice video on explaining education from the uh, context of student loans and what it means to actually get an education. So I want to walk you through that at a high level. I want to really first talk about, you know, there was a time, let's say before 1970, before the Higher Education Act was put in place, a way that people got educated, which was basically um, you went and learned a skill. Uh, in fact, uh, not so long ago, you went to a master or an apprentice and you learned a skill. Um, you did some type of work for that person or some type of service. Maybe you gave a little bit of money and you got some skill out of it. And then you went to the job market, uh, shared your skill and you made money from that. And then you were able to have a family and have savings, etc. cetera. Uh, today, we still have a form of that, and not in the concept of gills, but in the concept of OTEC schools. Um, alternatively, what's happened today is everyone is encouraged to go to something called college. And you go there hoping that you're going to get a skill. And what really is happening, as we'll learn out shortly, is that you're actually coming out potentially with some skills. It's more uncertainty, but you're definitely getting uh, indentured with a lot of loans. And those loans um, are... Uh, sometimes unpayable because of the way that those loans were structured. So I want to walk you through this process so you can see, you know, what it was like before, what it is like today, and because, as you know, I'm running for U.S. Senate, I don't just want to leave you with a problem. I want to actually show you that there are some ways that you can get out of it and what we as collectively can do uh, to make sure that this is a more fair process. But let's sort of start here. Um, uh, if you look over here, you know, here's your, your mom and your dad, you know, mom and your dad mom's a little bit taller in this case and here you are and your mom and your dad uh you know wanted you to do better than them that was a concept of the american dream so in that concept you would go to typically some type of guild or some type of master in the old days uh or a teacher and you would give them a little bit of money you know very little money but typically with some type of work or it's called an apprenticeship um, apprenticeship here and in return you got for this a skill okay you got a tangible skill you learned how to you know be a plumber or an electrician or you learned how to uh, do really good at mathematics so you could later on do surveying or be an engineer etc but this was this model but uh, again you gave some work you got a skill some people call this work you know study Okay, and this was this concept. Today, this still exists in what's called the trades. You go here to what's called a Votech school. Uh, you can do this while you're in high school. Um, and here you also, and in fact, this is still free in a lot of places. You know, this is, it's a good deal that the way the system's set up, unfortunately, very few people do this anymore. And again, here you got some skill out of it. Um, but you were essentially able to become a, a skilled tradesperson out of this. 
And out of this, what you would do is you would then go work. Either you start your own business um, and you transacted your skill in this business. You got money for it, you know, hopefully lots of money. And then as a part of this, you were able to do some savings into something called a bank, right? And then hopefully you could uh, buy different things out of it. So this is how uh, sort of like pre, you know, 1965, um, around here, okay? And I'll come back to this, this is before this, before, you know, 1965. Now let's walk over here and look at what the situation has become. And when I say I'm gonna choose a date around 1970 till the present, and the reason I choose this day is this is when the Higher Education Act was passed, Higher Education Act, and you guys can go read about this, you know, you can Google it, I don't wanna waste your time on that. But the Higher Education Act really enabled uh, people to start getting something called loans to go to education. It encouraged people to get into some type of debt to go to get into education. And more importantly, we moved away from the trades and skills, this was really about skills, you know, tangible skills, to this thing called college, okay? It was, you were uh, college educated, became the order of the day, which means um, your parents felt like, wow, you know, for you to be better in the world, I want you to be a college educated man. I want you to get your bachelor's or your master's or maybe even your PhD. But the notion of college education became the norm over skills-based education. So what happens here? Here you are again. Here's your mom and your dad again. I made your dad a little bit taller on this side, to be fair. And here you are, the student. And what you want to do is you want to get a college degree. So over here are, is an institution I'll put the, the great things here. It could have some logo on it, you know? And this was called a college, or sometimes a university. Okay? And here you were going not typically to see a master or a skills person, but you went, you were you were sent over here and you got to be in courses, right? Classrooms you know, lecture halls, um, and you, were, you got stuff, in fact, nowadays you can get a lot of this stuff online, okay? Um, and as a part of this piece, you had to give some type of money here. Um, most of these colleges today, for example, so it, it can be upwards of $50,000 per year, okay? So for a four-year degree, we're looking at around $200,000, okay? So you gave money, and the goal was this institution would give you back a degree. And this degree, you could go, the idea was you give your degree, you sell your degree here, and hopefully you got something in return. Now, one important thing here was when this transaction took place, did you actually get a skill? Did you actually get a real tangible skill? Okay, so this became quite questionable. Did you even have a skill here? And, and the reality is, could you even make any dollars from this? So before, 
this is pretty, in some ways, guaranteed. You got a skill, and by the way, you know, you got uh, money when you went to work. But here, this has become not so clear anymore. This is why we have a lot of students um, living in people's or their parents' basements right now because they don't have, and this is no joke, they don't really have a tangible skill from which they can get um, some money from it. And uh, it's questionable whether they can even have any type of savings. So the reason I want, I put a lot of these question marks here is this was a pretty nice future. You knew where you were going. And if you look here, lots of question marks. You're unsure if you have skills. You're un, you have a degree. No one really knows what that degree is worth. What's really going on? What's really going on? The Higher Education Act incented the parents and the child to get what was called a loan, a student loan, to, to do this. Before, people were a lot more frugal. They paid as they went, or they were very, very um, conservative in this kind of decision making. But all of that has changed because what's fundamentally occurred here is these colleges uh, have, are really not really colleges or institutions where you get an education. They are really hedge funds, and we'll talk about this. They're really investment companies. Investment companies. And what you're going to see shortly is that you as a student are actually used as a collateral or as a piece of asset, like no different than some type of uh, physical asset that's used by this college to actually use you to get the loans given to them. And, that, and using those loans, they then invest in a place called Wall Street. And we'll come back to this. And from that, they make a lot of money. So how does this work? You want to get a degree. You need about $200,000. This is in the case. By the way, the average, um, there's about 4.5 million people today who have an average loan of around $40,000. And if you multiply that all out, it's about $1.8 trillion in debt. And you can work out the numbers. But so you want to get this money. Your parents may not have 200K, which is probably the case. So what, what do they do? They go to these people called service providers. You can put them sort of these banks, okay? We call them service providers. And these service providers include people like Sally May. You may have heard of these people, Sally May, Naviant, okay? They're, the, they're uh, a set of, they're sort of banks, but they basically are service providers who work with different institutions. They have access to a lot of capital. And when you want money, you literally, I'm going to use a, uh, I don't have a different pen, but you can, what, what you do is you apply for a loan. You apply for a loan, okay? So you here are applying for a loan. And they approve your loan, but guess what? Do you get that money coming to you? They call it a student loan. It's not true. The money directly goes to the institution, okay? The dollar flows here, but you are in debt, okay? The liabilities, you, okay? You owe money, all right? The money goes from the service provider to the college, but you are in debt here. It's very important to remember this. Uh, they, it's, it's, it's unfortunate in some ways, uh, I would argue it should, it should really be called a college university loan because they're getting it. This service provider is giving them the loan, and you are the collateral for that loan. 
And what this means is, and it's even more interesting, in most loans, if you got a loan from a bank, like for example, you know, I've, uh, some of you run businesses, you go to a bank and you ask for a business loan. Let's say there's three different people wanting to uh, start different businesses. One guy wants to do a donut store, another guy wants to sell aardvarks, another guy wants to, I don't know, uh, you know uh, have a landscaping business. The, the bank goes through all of those business plans and they make very judicious state uh, decisions. Why? Because a bank is, uh, under, uh, you know, they are accountable because if any of those businesses go bankrupt, that bank loses money and the business has a right to go bankrupt. So they're very, very judicious. And the interesting thing here is when these service providers make these loans, there's a clause called no, no bankruptcy, okay? No bankruptcy. The student cannot go bankrupt, which means, in fact, these service providers have the right to garnish the wage of the students for life until they get back their loan paid. The university gets the money. What does the university do with this money? I talked about the fact that these universities are hedge funds, they're investment companies. The university takes the money that they get, they put it into a thing called a, I'm going to use it, it sounds like a beautiful word, you know, like you hear on PBS, like endowment, okay? They put it in a thing called an endowment. And they have people, guys here, who are called, sometimes I'm going to use the word hedge fund managers, hedge fund or investment managers, who are hired to manage all this pile of money. So this pile of money is coming in here. They're getting, by the way, not only they're getting your tuition money that goes there, they're getting money from grants, okay? They're getting money, these are our federal grants. Um, they're getting money from donors, and you know, they promote their brand and they get a lot, a pile of money. They take this money and then they invest it, they invest here, and the university gets returns, return on investment, okay? It's called a return on investment. And the way this endowment and the hedge fund works, it works like a Wall Street hedge fund. However, they don't have to pay any taxes. Let me show you how this works. Uh, hedge funds work the following way. If you and I started a hedge fund and we collect, took other people's money, let's say we're the hedge fund managers, I took $100 billion in, so let's say I take uh, in, in this, I invest about $100 billion of the endowment or hedge fund's money, and let's say that grows by 20%, okay? So the return on that is $20 billion. You made, you got $120 billion, but if you subtract from this, you made a total of $20 billion. This $20 billion is called your gain. In hedge funds, 80% of this goes back into the people who gave that money, in this case it goes back into the endowment, which I'm gonna put over here. The other 20% is a payout, it's a profit. So in this case it's $4 billion profit, okay? This profit can go back into the endowment or a portion of it gets to be paid to the hedge fund managers. And just to give you an idea, Harvard has a $50 billion endowment when they made money, their hedge fund managers in one year, six guys, five or six guys got paid $56 million. Think about it. That's about $8 million, $10 million per person. So these hedge fund guys, this is how they make big salary, big commissions. Okay? 
my point is, let's just step back a little bit. Uh, you're here as a student. You want to go to college. Your parents don't have the money. You go to Sally May or Naviant. You fill in these loan applications. They give you the loan. Actually, they don't give you the loan. They say you got the loan. You can't go bankrupt. The university now is getting a nice, beautiful pipe pipeline of revenue from you. You're the asset. You're used as a collateral. And if you ever go bankrupt, they're going to garnish your wages after you graduate. Hopefully, if you graduate. Um, the university, as I said, is a hedge fund. It's an investment company. It puts it into this thing called an endowment. Probably zoom in there. And this endowment, let's say it's $100 billion, invests in Wall Street. By, by the way, they could invest in private equity. They have all different types of things. They could put it into real estate. Basically, they're moving money around, okay? And let, I gave the case $120 billion. Uh, let's say comes out of this, $20 billion is a gain. 80% may go back into the endowment. 20% is considered profit. And in this case, $4 billion. And either that can go back in here or you can use that to pay off the hedge fund managers. Now remember this, if private companies did a hedge fund, that 20%, that $4 billion, it's taxed at 20% rate, okay, the gain, which would be $800 million. So, and by the way, if I told you we have about four point, or as I mentioned to you, there's 4.5 million students out there, or ex-students, about 40K a pop, in student loans. So that's roughly, as I mentioned, the 1.8 trillion, trillion, okay, in debt that's out there. So there's 1.8 trillion that's actually owed to these guys. Now, if they're not able to pay it, guess what happens? The taxpayers, which is you and I and your parents here and over here, they, or we collectively, uh, have guaranteed those loans. So the government is um, over here somewhere. Uh, let's say the government is right here with these guys and the government has backed these loans, okay? Backed loans. So let's just look at this. The university gets a great deal. Whether you fail or not, they get your money, they get to invest it, they get returns or endowment grows. The Sally Mays and the Naviance are fine. They, by the way, these guys have done, just look at their profits, they've done beautifully. You're in debt, and by the way, if everything fails, everything goes kaput, the $1.8 trillion, we have a big bubble burst, we as a taxpayers are liable for that, which means all of our taxes will go up to cover that loss. So when you look at this entire scam, which is what it is, unfortunately, it was engineered by politicians somewhere over here, you know, in the halls of Congress, politicians over here engineered this on behalf of the college people, they engineered this on behalf of the service providers and uh, Wall Street. And you and I will be stuck with this $1.8 trillion uh, you know, in, in a bubble when it bursts. And you as a student have an unfortunate situation where you won't even know if you will ever get a job and whether your skills. So that's what the situation is, okay? I hope that makes sense here. So what's the solution? There is a solution. And the solution is actually quite simple. It's called a very simple word, it's called accountability. It's called making everyone accountable in this. So my solution is, what happens if the following happen? When you apply for a loan and you get the loan, your parents, by the way, may have to co-sign that loan. You may have heard that term, which means 
if you fail, your parents' house could be mortgaged, okay? Your parents may have to work for the rest of their lives to pay you off, okay? Or may have to sell their assets. What about if we made the university the cosigners? This is really the solution. One of the big solutions that the first thing we need to do is make the university the cosigners. What that means is that when this loan comes, because they are getting the money, let them back that loan note, which means if you are not successful, which means if you are not getting uh, on the path to getting the right education, which means if you're not getting the right skills so you can actually get uh, go out of business and be successful, they should be liable. Because right now what happens is once they get your money, you know, most of you, some of you know, if your parents or your students, you know, the quality of education here, it's not the professors and the old guild model is even showing up. They send their graduate students. They send TAs. And the professors out, like in the case of Elizabeth Warren, making $350,000 for teaching one course, the high cost of courses, they're getting bloated endowments, and everyone's winning. However, if we have the university co-sign the loan, because many of these universities are telling you how great they are, how, um, how they're going to help you out, well, let them put their money where their mouth is. Let them co-sign the loan. The number two thing we should do is uh, these endowments here should be taxed at the hedge fund rates. Now, so th this would mean about $800 million. So if we have $800 million, that's per year. Think about that in this case. $50 billion in the case of Harvard, uh, let's say 20% return, that's a billion, uh, sorry, $10 billion return. Tax it at the hedge fund rate, $200 million. You put that in a fund and let that, and, and maybe the university takes some of it, give it perhaps some to these hedge fund managers, but some of it set aside for you, the student, because you actually were used as a collateral over here to have this un university get that loan. So anyway, uh, in summary, let's finish this up. In the old days, which was not so far ago, you know, a couple of generations, maybe gener in the 60s and beyond, there was a little more a direct route. You went to a teacher, a master, you got a skill, you were out there, you were empowered, you went, you had a pretty good idea what you were gonna make. Over here now, you wanna go to college, just after 1970, the Higher Education Act pushed this. So you go to college, your parents want you to get a college degree, in order to do that, you gotta get a student loan. You can never go bankrupt. The service providers will garnish your wages. The university may or may not give you a, a skill. They'll probably give you a degree, but there's no accountability. And the university does quite well. Their endowments, if you look, all these university endowments have grown beautifully. The administrator's salaries have gone up beautifully. Not, not all the times professors, unlike, unless you're Elizabeth Warren. She's done quite well. But the bottom line is a student and the family are entering into uncertainty. These people don't have as much uncertainty. So anyway, I, ho I hope this has been helpful. Again, you know, our campaign, Shiva for Senate, you know, objectively is really focused on bringing this country together, you know, real problems to real solutions. I hope this video was valuable and uh, we'll have more of them, but uh, keep an eye out for our campaign. Thank you. This is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. Be well.